and God is good. And um, I want to remind you that there's a missions table that's set up out in the hallway. You can pick up a magnet to pray for these missionaries. Put this on your refrigerator. Put it someplace prominent where you'll see and you'll pray. There's a whole table out there, and I hope that you'll get some of that information. Well, we're talking about prayer. Of course, we have been for the last couple of weeks. We started in the Lord's Lord's Prayer two weeks ago. The foundation of the Lord's Prayer was built upon adoration. Adoration. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, was the admonition. Jesus said, pray like this. This is how you should pray. So I hope that you're experiencing kind of what I'm experiencing. And and I've preached on this topic before. I've preached the Lord's Prayer before. This time around, though, God has unveiled some very rich and meaningful truths to me that I really hadn't seen before. And and more so than ever, um, I think what God is saying to me is, This is a pattern for your prayers, Mike. Make this a pattern of your prayers. This is instructive to you. This is helpful to you. It's empowering to us because we then know and experience what God intended for us when we pray. And I've learned this, that part of the process of praying and part of the benefit comes in just voicing prayers the way that Jesus told us to. Certainly God answers prayer. Certainly God responds to prayer. But we are changed also when we pray like Jesus told us to pray. So in Matthew chapter 6 is the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to deal with the subject, the the kind of the revolving subject today, the core idea has to do around bread and food. And I got to thinking about this this week, and I thought, you know, this would be kind of funny to, to talk about and to think about. How many of you, after all, enjoy eating? Okay, yeah, everyone's hand is up. In fact, I've never known someone who has missed a meal and they've said, unlike exercise, who have missed a meal and said, you know what, this eating stuff is for the birds, I'm giving it up, forget it, I'm not going to do it anymore. No, we've never done that, right? We miss a meal, we start right back up. There is, there is a volume, there is an abundance, there's a prosperity with respect to food. So much so that we make weird combinations of food. And I did a little Facebook survey this week, some of you were a part of it. I asked people, what are some of the weirdest combinations of food that you eat? I got over 70 responses to this question. And here, I'm going to share a few of them with you. First of all, peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. I thought that was a little weird, but it came up two or three times. Hot pork rinds and chocolate milk. Here, here's, here's the worst, and this is from out of the state, by the way. Deep fried cow intestines with ketchup. Joe, thank you for that one. Ketchup on mashed potatoes, Doritos crunched up in a tuna sandwich. And then you have your mayonnaise collection, which is the grossest of all, in my opinion. <laughs> Pizza with mayonnaise on top. Yeah. Peas, beets, and mayonnaise mixed together and eaten. Mayonnaise on corn of the cob. I think that's a little common. Peanut butter, banana, and mayonnaise sandwiches. Yeah. It's pretty bad. We, we have so much food, we do weird things with it. And it's in stark contrast to what Jesus is talking about here in the Lord's Prayer. I mean, this issue of bread was such a... Uh, 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 an essential part of life in that day and age that just to have bread was precious. And so Jesus has got something to say about this. Let's read in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. Jesus says this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
And I think part of the reason that this passage stands a little bit remote from us, not a little bit, but really a lot. I mean, for us to think about praying for daily bread is something that's far removed from our culture in our country. And part of the reason that's so is because, you know, we're just so prosperous. We're not only prosperous financially and materially, but we're prosperous agriculturally. You know, the United States is, is one of the world's top producers, only behind China, in grain and wheat. I mean, it's amazing how much is yielded in our country. Uh, the weather, the rich soil that we possess here, the technology. I was reading about some of the technology. It's really beyond our imagination. Selling grain is one of those commodities that we give to the world. In fact, if you've been ta- uh, hearing about the Iran sanctions and the treaty that may be coming up, that's one of those things that are there. The ability to sell uh, uh, grain to Iran is a part of that process. You go to the store, you'll see bread of every kind there. Every kind, every color. Every make. Um, so this is removed for, from us. And when is the last time that you've prayed, Lord, I plead with you to provide for me my meal? Probably you've actually prayed the opposite. You've probably prayed, Lord, please help me from eating another meal. I'm trying to lose weight, right? Uh, we have so much here. So for us to apply this takes some thinking. What do these six words really mean to us? What do they teach us? Let me share with you what I think they mean to us. First of all, they mean that God wants us to speak with him daily. God wants us to speak with him daily. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. A repeated phrase, this day our daily. The idea of day, daily, being repeated there twice. Something that's repeated twice in a prayer that only contains 66 words is something that we should pay attention to. So the idea here is pray regularly. Pray repeatedly. Pray daily because God wants us to speak with him. Why? Well, first of all, God wants us to speak with him regularly because he wants to hear from his children. It's a very natural part of being a father. We talked about that passage where God desires. He says, um, knock, the door will be open to you. Seek and you will find. Uh, The ideal here is God is utterly approachable and a father in heaven wants to hear from his children. If you've got children that live away from you, maybe they're off from college, at college, you know how precious it is to get a phone call from them (laughs) because it's rare. And sometimes it's because they need some money or something. But, you know, you're like, I'd like to know a little bit about what's going on. How are you doing? What are the daily activities that you're involved in? We delight in hearing from our children. But not only does God want to hear from us as children, here's the other truth. We need to hear from him. We need to hear from him. That's why we pray daily prayers. Because the peace, the strength, the power, the perspective that we need for daily living, guess what? They leak. And they tend to come out in about every 24 hours. I don't know about you, but about every 24 hours, I need to re-up. I lose perspective. I lose peace. I lose strength. I lose the ability to see God in my life. And so every day when I pray, it helps me to find and renew that strength. That comes through prayer. Secondly, those six words mean that we should remember that God is the source of all. This is so vitally important. In our, in our abundance, in our prosperity, we lose this so much, folks. 
we lose the idea that um, God is the source of everything because we don't connect those dots. Now, notice what Jesus said. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Not thank you for our daily bread. That's a good prayer to pray too. His, his prayer was not a prayer of gratitude. It was a prayer of provision. So Jesus is asking the Father in heaven to provide something for him and for us See, when you say thank you, the assumption is is that God has already provided it. And I want to say to you that sometimes we jump too quickly to that assumption. I think sometimes we need to not pray prayers of thank you. We need to pray prayers of provision. God, give us this day the things that we need, our daily bread. Why? Because we have short memories. That's part of the reason God wants us to do this. We, We forget all that God has done for us. We forget that God is the source of life and health, and of these essentials that we need. You know, I have fun with my kids. So my kids sometimes will say, you know, they're talking to each other, that's mine, or that's my shirt, or don't take my food. I say, whose food is that? <laughs> who, has, who has worked? Mom and dad has worked to provide that food for you. Ultimately, of course, God has provided it. But it's this need for a reminder that we all have. We can live our lives in such a way, men, women, adults. We say, well, this is my money. This is my stuff. I've earned, I've earned it. I've worked for it. Well, I have a job. Okay, let's connect those dots a little bit. Who has given you life by which to work? Who has given you a measure of health by which to work? Who's given you breath? Who's given you mind, a mind to think? Who's given you the skills by which to be effective in your work? It is God. He is the source of these things, and we forget that so often. Part of the warning of Scripture is that when we come into times of prosperity and abundance, we forget God's role in our lives. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that prosperity is the number one enemy of Christianity. Why? Because it causes us to forget that we need God. It was a warning that Moses gave to the children of Israel. God gave through Moses to the children of Israel. Remember when they left the the land of Egypt. They were freed from slavery before they entered the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses said this, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities, listen to this, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full. Does that describe us? I think it does. (laughs) When you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Oh my, how we forget that God is the source of our lives. Then next, this prayer, these six words. This prayer is a prayer of dependence. Prayer of dependence. This is so good. Um, Think about what bread is. Bread is essential, right? It's essential to life. When Jesus described himself as the bread of life, he was saying as essential as bread is to physical life, I am to spiritual life. That's the idea. So bread is essential. Bread is familiar to you and me it is at least. It's very familiar and it's present tense. 
All three of those things are true. Now, let's look at each one of those. All right, first of all, this prayer of dependence is a prayer upon the essential things. And by the way, since it's essential, it should be precious. If it's critical to living, it's kind of important. It should be precious to you and me. There's nothing more essential than bread. It's the substance of life kinds of things that we're dependent upon God for. That's the idea. And this cuts two ways. Number one, the assumption here when Jesus is praying, give us this day our daily bread, the assumption here is that God is going to provide what we need. That's very true. God will provide what we need. But here's the other part of that. So that's God's role in this prayer. But here's our role in this prayer. It means that the one who is praying that prayer is the one who is asking God for what they need. Not a list of things they necessarily want. We talked about that in detail last week. It's a prayer for what is needed. The ideal here is there's no greedy prayer going on in this passage. It is about asking God for the basics Because when we ask God for the basics, and don't just presume that they're going to be there. When we ask God for the basics, it reflects a heart of contentment. And God's not the cosmic genie. He's not the cosmic Ronald McDonald. We pull up, we place our order, we pull around, get what we want. It says to God, God, provide for me what I need today. Today, provide what I need. The Lord's Prayer doesn't say, God, give me everything I want. It says, give me everything I need. An author named Alan Redpath, he paraphrases this part of the Lord's Prayer. He says it this way, give us this day bread suited to our need. I love that. Enough suited for our need. You know, I found in my studies this week that it's a prayer that's reflected back in the Old Testament. In Proverbs chapter 30, a guy named Agur, is, is, his prayer is recorded in Proverbs chapter 30. In verses 8 and 9 of that passage, listen to what he prays. He prays this, Give me neither poverty nor riches. I don't know. I think a lot of people are praying for riches. <laughs> Probably a lot of people praying for not poverty are praying for riches. But he says, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me. Isn't that a great prayer? I've never read that prayer before in Proverbs 30. He goes on. He says, give me, uh, feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? What a great prayer. Praying what is suited to our needs. Next, we pray for the essential things, but we also pray about and for the familiar things. We thank God for those things that are around us a lot. And you know this to be true. The things that are around us a lot, the things that we have proximity to, the things that we are familiar with, guess what? Those things we begin to take for granted. And this prayer is a reminder to you and me to not take those things for granted that are familiar to us. And here's the last part of the prayer. We pray for present tense things. Very present tense things. Now, we have a hard time understanding this in our culture, but bread is a very present tense kind of supply. It was a daily bread given for daily needs. 
This is reflected in Exodus 16. Remember when God provided for the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness? God provided manna every morning. They would wake up and there would be this bready substance of some kind that was manna. And it would be enough for that day. They'd have to wake up the next day and God would provide enough for that day. They would wake up the next day, enough for that day. It wasn't weekly bread. It wasn't monthly bread. Why? Why why does God not want to provide in advance the things that we need? I mean, after all, why doesn't he give us everything that we need this week for the whole week today? Or for this month or for this year? Because when we have abundance, when we have prosperity, we forget that God has provided it. And there's no faith in that. There's no faith whatsoever. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's what he wants most for you and me. So the present tense things are things that are temporary, things that are limited, things that are finite. They have a finite quality to them, quantity to them. Um, Things that may not be there tomorrow is the idea. Jesus is saying, give thanks and pray for God to provide those things. Don't assume that they'll just be there. Uh, Dan Pierce and I were talking about catastrophes a couple of weeks ago and He's from California. He was talking about the earthquakes out there, and I was really uh, interested in that. And then I was talking to him about hurricanes and you know stuff here. And um, Hurricane Ike came up, and I told him what that was like. And you guys remember that. It was surreal, wasn't it? In, in one sense, it was really odd. Um, the storm blew through. It was like a war zone. Trees, limbs down, roofs caved in. We were without electricity at our house for two weeks two entire weeks without electricity at our house. There were some that had even longer than that. That's in the United States of America, in Houston, Texas, in the year 20-whatever it was. And I, I said this to him, and he, he agreed. We said, you know, it's amazing, isn't it true, that we are one crisis away from chaos? The world that we think is so stable is really so fragile. And a lot of life is lived in very present tense ways. Now, we don't think that way often because we think what we have today will be there tomorrow and be there forever. But a life that reflects what Jesus is saying is a life of contentment and peace that says, you know, I have today the things that God has provided for me. And I'm going to pray that God will give me those essentials for today. The prayer is this, today I have God. And today, God is the owner of all. And so today, I have the provisions that I need. Prayers like that are prayers of gratitude and contentment. Prayers where I sense that I don't presume upon God. Instead, I humbly thank Him for all that He gives me. The essentials in life, not jumping over that, not shortcutting that, not thinking that those are just presumed and assumed to be in place. Thanking God for the essentials of life and then anything beyond that is just the grace of God.
That's a heart of contentment. So here's my question for you today as we close. Think about bread a little bit larger than just this eating substance, this food. Think about what is it to you that is essential in your life? Think about that for a moment. What is essential to you? And therefore, what is precious? What is it to you that is familiar, that seems to be around you a lot, and therefore could be taken for granted? And then what is it in your life that is present tense? The ideal being that it may not be there tomorrow. Now, draw a circle around those few things that fit those categories, that which is essential, that which is familiar, that which is present tense. God has provided those for you today. God is the one who has given those to you. So our prayer should be every day, God, for those things that in my life are essential, God, give me this day. I'm telling you, my prayers have changed a little bit because I'm thanking God for food every time I eat a meal. But I don't often stop and say, God, give me my food for today. God, provide for me the shelter of a home. God, give me clothing. God, give me today my spouse. Give me today my precious children. God, give me today my friends, my family. Give me today my church that I love. God, I don't want to take those things for granted. Give me this day the things that are essential, familiar, that are present tense, that could go away. And if you do, God, I will be a grateful and humble person who thanks you for the blessings of my life, even these things that I tend to take for granted. Let's pray prayers like that this week, okay? Let's bow. Father, thank you so much. We love you. We praise you and ask that you would continue to lead us through the Lord's Prayer to change our prayer lives. Think deeply about them and the way, Father, that you um, seek to use even the process of prayer to change us, let alone the answers to prayer. So help us to pray prayers of adoration Help us, Father, to pray prayers. We praise you and thank you for who you are. God, help us to pray prayers of provision. Lord, in our heart, we wouldn't assume that you're just going to provide everything, but we recognize your goodness and grace in the essentials, the familiar, and the present tense things that you tend to bless us with. And then help us to be children that beyond those things, beyond our needs, just feel so much grace when you give us beyond our needs to our wants. Thank you for being that kind of Father in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.